Hello and welcome to Pumped, the inside podcast by Schwalbe. I'm your host Tobias Wogon and I'm talking to Schwalbe athletes from different disciplines, from downer to cross country and from triathlon to road racing. And today I'm talking to Michaela Gatto. The Canadian girl from the West Coast used to be a downhill World Cup racer and then decided to step back from racing and focus more on her creative side. How she spent the time in Canada right now and what she thinks about the Red Bull formation, the first freeride event for women, you will find out in this episode of Pumped. Hey, Michaela, how are you and where are you at the moment? I'm very good, thank you. And I'm actually sitting on my bed in my room in Squamish, BC. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of the yeah best places for mountain biking. And you were born and raised in Canada, which is in total the, the spot in the world for mountain biking. How did you get into the world of mountain biking? <laughs> well, those are some pretty bold claims, but I won't argue with that. Um, I do love where I live, and, and especially since the COVID, I've realized, you know, how lucky I am to live in the place that I do. Um, but it all started, I guess, with my brother. I have an older brother, and growing up, we were always super adventurous and camping and living on a boat and things like that. And I just kind of followed whatever he did. So when he started mountain biking, naturally, I wanted to as well, because, you know, I had to try and be better than him. So I would um, <laughs> chase him and his friends around on uh, like a white beach cruiser, doing little jumps and stuff. And then I think my mom and dad saw that, okay, maybe we should get her a mountain bike as well. <laughs> nice. So now you're living in Squamish, but You're not from Scrumish, right? No. So I'm from, um, originally I grew up in West Vancouver. I was born in North Vancouver. Um, but West Vancouver is kind of the furthest north, if that makes sense, before you start the Sea to Sky. Mm -hmm. um, or the furthest west before you start going north up the Sea to Sky Highway. Um, so Squamish was, is only about 45 minutes from where I grew up. So for me as a kid, Vancouver and the North Shore was always a place I always wanted to visit. So it's uh, it must mm. be great. Have to, you been? Yeah, a couple of times and I really love it. Okay. It's still for me. I was going to say, you have to come. Yeah, definitely. So it, it's for me the still the best place for mountain biking. I really love it there. <laughs> yeah, it's a special, it's definitely a really special kind of riding Um They've done so much trail work in the last few years, but um, when I grew up, it was extremely technical and slow riding, but steep and like really steep rocks to hard compressions to 90 degree corners to a skinny to a drop. And um, yeah, so far in all my travels, I haven't really found anything that compares to the craziness of the shore in the early <laughs> 2000s and late 90s. <laughs> yeah. So you started as a downhill racer and then you decided to quit racing. 
Where did you make this decision? Yeah, well, I actually started as a cross-country and road racer, but that uh, didn't last very long. That was like a couple, <laughs> like two years. Just too boring. <laughs> then, uh, no, I was terrible at climbing. I still am. And then uh, one of my coaches said like, hey, you know, you can uh, take a chairlift up and ride your bike down, right? And I was like, I'm sorry, <laughs> what? <laughs> Is that a joke? Uh, so that's how I started downhill racing. But yeah, I quit racing in 2014 to pursue a media, kind of more media-driven, adventure-driven, free ride um, biking. It's kind of evolved over the last six years, actually, from being something that I felt like, because I got... I got the reason why I quit racing World Cups was because I had a really bad crash and a super bad concussion. Um, and my concussion symptoms were so severe to the point where I kind of made the decision that I didn't want to put myself in a situation where I had to be forced to ride a certain feature on a certain track, like as fast as you can, mm -hmm. um, because the danger of head injury is a lot higher. I thought, um, that was my reasoning anyways. And that, and then, and then the other part of it was that I'd been racing for almost nine years on the world cup circuit. And I am also an artist and I felt like the creative side of me wasn't able to really express itself through racing anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, like I won national championships a bunch of times. I got on the world cup podium. I, I was a top 10 racer. I got to see all the tracks multiple times and it kind of just felt like all of those things combined, um, kind of led to the transition into the more media adventure free ride side of things. Um, and then it's just kind of exploded from there <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't be happier. I mean, I miss racing sometimes, but, uh, uh I love my life now. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, so what, what are you missing? Um, why are you missing the racing or, or what are you missing on racing compared to your job now? Is it the pressure think, or? Um, it's a bit more lonely, I think, doing what I'm doing now. You don't get the, the energy and the hype of, the, of being at the races and being in the pits and like just being with a, a lot of like-minded individuals that are all pushing themselves and challenging themselves. Um, that I find that energy, I really feed off of it. Uh, and you don't really get that when it's like you by yourself on top of a mountain with a drone and your cameraman is halfway down and <laughs> just <laughs> kind of radioing you like, okay, drop. Like it's, drop it's, it. you're still, yeah. Did you say go or did you say no? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a classic. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so it's it's a different kind of um, intensity because the riding I'm doing is usually a lot more exposed and a lot more dangerous than than um, in a way because you're in the backcountry. But um, it's not the same 
uh, energy and excitement and maybe pressure to perform um, like racing is. So I definitely miss that. And I miss my friend, like I miss the friends, um, the social side of it for sure as well. Like these girls like are some people that like I grew up with, you know, like Tracy Hanna, we've known each other since we were 16 and spent all season together for, from when we were 16 to like 20, oh, how old am I? doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> so, and then now you just like, you never get to see each other again. So it's like kind of sad in that way. Yeah. For sure. But last October, you did the Red Bull formation event in Utah. The first yes. freeride event just for women. So what's yeah. the story behind that? That was so cool. <laughs> first <laughs> off. Um, so I guess, I mean, Katie Holden went to Red Bull with the idea, I believe. I don't know the full details of the story, so I can't really speak for her, but I know Katie Holden organized it, um, got Red Bull involved and invited me and five other girls, uh, to be a part of this women's free ride camp. Essentially, it wasn't a competition. Uh, it's not judged. And we were each given two diggers so we could choose two people to help us dig our line. And, um, yeah, went down there never having ridden that type of stuff before. And I actually hadn't been on a downhill bike. I'd only been on a downhill bike twice since I quit world cup racing in 2014. <laughs> so it was, um, yeah, I found out kind of late that I was invited and I had already had all these plans to go to Europe to be with Steffi and do our camp and all this stuff. So yeah. And filming whatever else. So I didn't, I only rode my bike twice, um, before going, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was kind of, that's just kind of how it came about. I just got a phone call and, um, yeah, showed up with my boyfriend who's a trail builder and, Another guy whose car broke down, so I had to get someone down in Utah to help me. And um, it was all very, like, last minute kind of crazy, but um, one of the best experiences I have ever had on a bike. And it really made me realize um, my purpose in riding, I think, because I think I was getting a little bit lost again after racing. Yeah. And... The, the whole event, is it kind of, is it like the, the Red Bull Rampage without judging? So the trails and the jumps and everything, is it similar so that you first have to build your stuff and then, then ride it? Or is it a different format? Yeah, so it's, um, I actually have never been to Red Bull Rampage. It's one of my life goals to go and watch. Um But essentially, I think how Red Bull Rampage works is like the boys have a week to dig a line and then they get a bit of practice time and then they do the competition. So ours was kind of condensed because the entire event was only a week long. Um, so I think we had two days to dig. Um, however, we were on the 
2015, I think it was 2015, Red Bull Rampage site. So a lot of the old features and lines were still kind of there. Mm -hmm. Um, So as far as the amount of work we had to do, we kind of just chose uh, a couple, like I chose my own line and then uh, Hannah Bergman had a different entrance, but her line fed into mine. So we shared and then the four other girls all did the same line on the ridge line next to us, but they were all kind of pre-existing um, lines from the 2015 rampage. So we only had two days to build, but we just had a bit less work than a lot of the guys at rampage have. Um, and then we just, yeah. And then we just had like one day to practice, I think. And then two, two runs that, and I didn't know this going into it, but they were going to film. Um, we had two goes at our line uh, that was going to be filmed by the Red Bull guys. And that was kind of the format. So that was 2019. That was the first, yeah, the first event like this. But what do you think is the future of of these events? Is there are more coming of these in 2020 or 21. Will there be a judged one or what is the planning? Yeah. So again, I'm not on the committee and I don't have that um, behind the scenes uh, insight, but I can just go off of what us and the girls, like what I've talked to the other girls about and a little bit to Katie and stuff. And it sounds like, the general consensus of the girls that were there would prefer it to stay uh, being like a jam session rather than a competition. Mm-hmm. Um, we just found that without the competition side of it, the whole event was so supportive and so so much growth was made and encouragement among the girls. And we'd never really had that opportunity with each other because we've always been competitors. We've always been stacked up against each other. And when you do that, you lose a little bit of the, um, camaraderie, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the, the hope is to keep it as like, almost like a dark fest. Um, that's what I would like to see it as is something where, It's invita- invitational, but there's a lot more people allowed. Um, maybe the digging format is different. Maybe it's not in Utah. I don't know. But it's this rider-judged event where the girls would give the other girls props. Like, oh, yeah, Vinny had the best whips all week. We're going to give her the prize for best whip. But it's decided amongst the riders. It's not mm-hmm. decided by judges or competition. Um, I think that's something that women's riding could really use. But um, on the other side of things, like there's the women's slope style um, world tour, I think, that is starting. So there's women's slope style that's starting that is competition like that. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if something like Rampage was born out of this formation. Maybe it's not called formation. I don't know. But I think at the very least, this is a start. And it's a really exciting um, stepping stone to a bunch of different options for women in the free ride world, which I'm super excited about. 
Yeah, so that all sounds pretty good and I've seen a lot of pictures and a couple of uh, videos and it really looked like a really good time you had there. <laughs> yeah, it was the best. Like I said, it's it's like not even rare. It's It's like never happened before that all of us have been together and we're all friends from before. Like a few of us didn't know each other that well, but like... Um, we never get the opportunity to just be friends without competition. Yeah. And it was so cool. It was super, super cool. So now we have this Corona crisis. And when did you hear the first time about Corona? Um, I was in New Zealand when I first heard about it because I remember picking up Steffi and Ainoa, our other roommate, our intern, <laughs> um, from the airport. And I remember them, like, I remember Steffi being like, oh, I kind of have a cold. And I remember being like, oh, maybe it's this virus people are talking about. Um, so I guess it was like end of February that I first heard about it. And then by the time that we finished Crankworks and flew home, it was like, that week is is when uh in canada anyways they started canceling all the events and like 250 people max uh at one time and then like five days later it was like okay no people at any time <laughs> um so yeah it was like right when i got back from new zealand yeah so i think the crankworks in new zealand was the first bigger event in the mountain bike scene which was affected by the by the virus i think some italian guys got uh, into quarantine and, and stuff oh yeah i think torquato i think it was torquato testa was that who it was um wasn't allowed out of his hotel room uh because he had just come from italy Yeah. And I think he was really upset about it. And um, there was a lot of opinions about it. Um, but it had nothing to do with the event. It had to do with like the government officials. Um, and I, I, I think like a week later, we understood why the, he wasn't allowed out of his hotel room because the magnitude of the virus was becoming much more apparent um, in the next, you know, couple weeks after, after the the whole thing with most of the events and stuff is canceled for 2020 how did you spend your time right now or how do you spend your time right now <laughs> <laughs> um well luckily for me my career isn't really based off of events although this year i was planning on competing in the Crankworks Whistler and maybe Crankworks um, Innsbruck. Uh, so that was a bit disappointing. And then I also had, it's more just like not so much the events, but the fact that we can't fly and travel um, has affected my schedule way more. Um, I can't imagine for the, the racers out there, like not having any races to go to it's like okay so <laughs> this is how you make sourdough <laughs> it's, it's gotta be really hard i feel really um lucky to have my career be shaped around creating content um then and finding cool free ride lines then um 
yeah, attending events. So in that sense, it hasn't really affected me too much, just the travel part of it. But you're still traveling in Canada from place to place and discovering all maybe some new um, areas? Oh, so. yeah. Sorry, I didn't even really answer your question. What am I doing? Um, <laughs> so for the... <laughs> For the most, most of this coronavirus um, quarantine kind of thing, I've just been at home in Squamish. I didn't even leave Squamish at all uh, for probably, for yeah, March, April, May. I think I left Squamish to go to Vancouver maybe a couple times. Uh, I didn't even go to Whistler, which is like 45 minutes away. And I didn't see anybody not even my boyfriend, and just stayed home. But luckily, I live with four other people, and they all ride bikes, and one of them is a filmer. Mm -hmm. um, so we've been, and we were always allowed to ride um, during the pandemic, um, the stricter phases. We were still allowed to go and ride our bikes, so we would just go at, like, quiet hours and be safe obviously but do I was riding all the time I was I was riding more than I usually do because I had nothing else to do so yeah riding and yoga videos and uh tried making sourdough once but that was <laughs> way too much work um yeah and then and then now that it's it's become like phase two and parks are opening up again and things like that um I have gone to see my boyfriend in the interior of BC And still not staying in any towns or going inside any grocery stores and stuff just because um, I want to keep everybody safe and myself safe. So, But I've been camping a lot in the woods, um, just preparing before I go and living off of uh, what I pack in my car. And yeah, it's been really great. It's awesome. <laughs> I love it. I don't really want to leave home. I I'm pretty happy here. Yeah. So Scrumish is definitely a a good place for a for a shutdown yeah. or for staying at home uh, and yeah, to get yeah. quarantined. I mean it was a little bit funny because suddenly nobody was working, uh going to work or anything. So I would go to the trails like I usually do and it was like a freaking party. Like there was <laughs> cars everywhere and people everywhere and and it was like initially it was like oh my god the trails are more busy now than before the pandemic like what is everybody doing but um it's really even out. it's it's calmed down but there's still a lot of people uh a lot of people on the trails so i usually yeah i'm i'm kind of like Yeah, go into the middle of nowhere <laughs> and ride my bike instead. <laughs> so if you follow you on Instagram, you can see you that you keep on posting pictures of drawings and paintings. Is art something that interests you very much? or? <laughs> yeah, well, I went to university for it for three years, so I'd oh, say really? it's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I went to in, uh, university for graphic design and illustration, um, and it's kind of my fallback 
uh, once the biking's done, uh, graphic design or illustration or graphic illustrations um, is definitely an option for me. Um, it's just unfortunate with the biking. It takes up so much of my time that like I'm trying to, I'm, I'm selling some prints right now and stuff, but like all the admin of like getting the prints made and going and shipping them and writing all the orders out and figuring out all the payments and all this stuff, um, takes a lot of time. (laughs) So it's, it's hard. And then, and then also just creating the art to make into prints and things like that is like extremely time consuming to sit and be painting all day. So unfortunately I, I never get to draw as much as I'd like to, but it is definitely my other biggest passion, I would say. And my, um, my other profession once biking doesn't work out for me anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you traveled a lot of different countries with your bike. What's your favorite one? Well, (laughs) obviously Canada. No, (laughs) Um, um, man, it's so hard because every place is so, it sounds cheesy, but every place is so unique and so beautiful in its own way that I, it's like impossible to compare. It's like, it's like comparing your children, you know, how do you pick a favorite? It's like each one is, is beautiful and different in its own way. But, um, Oh gosh, to be honest, road tripping through the U S was some of the most beautiful scenery I'd ever seen. Like Utah is crazy. Mm -hmm. It's so different. It's like, biking on the moon it's it's i would say maybe utah just because it's unlike any other place i've ever been um whereas like europe i love europe but it is similar to canada in the sense of like big mountains trees technical riding things like that is is kind of similar (laughs) um it's similar to europe um but europe is with all all the cool stuff from Canada. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, I didn't say it. No, um, no it's not true. <laughs> no, and I think the other place that was the coolest, um, I mean, India was super cool when I did a trip through in like the Himalayas. That was crazy. And then also um, biking on the edge of a active volcano in Bali was probably the coolest place I've ever ridden my bike. <laughs> cool so when everything is open again and you're able to fly again what will be the trip you're looking forward to the most well um i was supposed to go to portugal this month end of this month oh i'm so sad <laughs> actually that's probably one of my favorite places to visit and ride is portugal um because you have the surfing you've got the like European vibes, but also like surf vibes and really fun riding and a good variety of riding. So I'd say that would be one of the first places I will um, plan to go. Also, I've always wanted to go and ride in Hawaii because I heard the riding there is really cool. Um, So I was planning a Hawaii trip as well. Mm -hmm. Again, with the surfing and the 
the beach vibes as well because I, I I love the ocean. Um, and um, formation, obviously Utah. Yeah. And those were kind of the big trips I had planned for this year. So I'm I'm and then maybe India again. Um, but those are kind of I don't think I'm missing any. Oh, in Mexico. I was supposed to go to Mexico as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hot places. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tropical places. <laughs> so thanks a lot for your time. And we wish you all the best for the season and uh, for 2021, of course. And hopefully this woman's free ride thing will picking up um, and getting bigger and bigger. So... Thanks a lot and yeah. and talk soon. Thank you. Yeah, and good luck on your big ride. I uh, I know a little bit of maybe how hard some road riding stuff may be because I just did a road climb challenge, but you guys have a lot more days to do than what I did. So best of luck in that. And um, yeah, keep Thanks the, a lot. Yeah, keep it real. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.